You're back from Africa. Yes, I am. Back um, just a few minutes ago, and you've pulled me into the podcast immediately. Thank well, you, Jimmy. Keep, while you're still awake, <laughs> I thought yeah. I'd do it. That would be it. So we, as usual, I mean, I started off thinking we didn't have much to talk about, but we do. We've got the Waverley Council has decided that its NIMBYs are too namby-pamby, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's helping the NIMBYs, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it wants to help the NIMBYs. We've got a kind of update a, a bit on David Chandler. We've got new figures on where apartment prices are going up and where they're coming down. And we're going to dip into the forum again with a couple of fairly odd questions. Okay. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. probably can't hear this because we have all sorts of noise filters operating but it is blowing an absolute gale outside mm, it's not very nice to come home to i must say i'm glad you were on the ground before this hit yeah it would have been a bit a bit of a bumpy landing especially because i couldn't work out how to do up my seatbelt. oh really well, well, that's because you were at the posh end of the plane <laughs> for I flew once. business class. I mean, I didn't pay for it. Somebody else paid for it. Yeah. But, um, yes, they put like a mattress down over your seat when you right. pull your seat down. Yeah. And then it kind of, it, it kind of covers the seat belt. Yeah. And I couldn't work out what to do. And the steward came along and pulled out another seat belt, which kind of straps across your body from your shoulder downwards right. like a car seat belt yeah but i couldn't find the other end <sighs> and i was too embarrassed to ask really because i seemed so stupid you know business yeah. class newbie and so i was just hoping that it wasn't going to be rocky coming down because otherwise i would have been you would have been thrown flying around, around yeah. bouncing around the inside of the plane mm. but you made it i did phew so <laughs> a couple of things that we are going to talk about. There's a story in the Sydney Morning Herald about Waverley Council is going to pay somebody a hundred thousand a year plus another thirty thousand to set up the whole business. Of what comes down to is opposing high-rise developments mm. in the council, and they say, I mean, it's the usual story. Oh, they're going to build these nasty, bland, identical blocks that are just going to be big chunks of concrete. I don't think any developer in their right mind would put a building like that in Waverley, would they? No, you'd think not, because Waverley is an expensive area, so they want kind of stylish, you know, architect-designed apartment buildings to put in that kind of area. And it's up to the council to enforce their own planning rules to say – no, these aren't up to scratch. Yeah. You know, maybe we're going to have a design competition like they do in the city of Sydney for really big developments. But isn't there a, a limit on or, or a, a kind of threshold that once the developments are worth a certain value, then they go to the planning panel, the New which, South Wales? Yeah, which state. is superior to the council. Mm, so they basically want. What this sounds like they're saying is we're going to put as many barriers as possible in the way of these developers so they just go away and leave us alone. In some ways, yes. And the piece in the Herald points out that Waverley has the least amount of development in the whole of Sydney. Yeah. And they want to stay that way. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, you kind of think, well, for, for residents who are campaigning with genuine grievances about new development applications, yeah. 
it's great to give them more of a voice and to give them a helping hand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that can be a good thing. And other councils, I think, are watching this to see if they should be following this experiment as well. Right. So this is somebody who's so, going to be an advocate for Yeah, for NIMBYs. people. <laughs> well, for people who have a grievance against certain development applications. And as we know, it can be really hard to fight development applications, especially if the developer is, you know. What, a big multinational that's right. Or, or has friends who used to be or, fair trading minister. <laughs> or, or well, the thing I was going to say is we've had lots of examples, even in the past couple of years, of councillors receiving money from developers to and, uh, agree yeah, to their, yeah. to their um, plans. And, you know, I'm sure some of these fact-finding missions to China have been absolutely valid. Um, of course. Because it's very relevant to <laughs> so, the so maybe western suburbs of Sydney. So maybe it's good in some ways to, to try to even up the ground, uh-huh. so to speak. Uh-huh. But, um, yes, we don't want a really anti-development attitude to, to kind of prevail, really, because yeah. the future of Sydney is high-density living, yeah. and we all know that high-density can be fantastic. Yep. It can also be awful if it's done yep. badly. So yep. we just want more high-density done well. More better. Mm. That's what we, we should add. That That's should right. be their slogan. <laughs> Higher, better, more. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> and of course, um, David Chandler, the, yes. the building commissioner, was yes. making sure that some of those buildings uh, were going to be here for good and they were yeah. going to be yeah. well built and stuff. And I think you've got some more news on him, haven't you? Well, it's not really news, but I was talking to somebody who's very senior in the cabinet who's saying that they're really upset that David has resigned. Mm. And they will take him back in a shot. If they, if he wanted to come back and they could find a way of him saying, okay, yeah, I've changed my mind. I, I want to come back without anybody losing face. Cause mm. it's all, it's also a political decision as yeah. well as a management decision. But if he was prepared or keen to do that, they'd take him back in the blink of an eye. He wow. is so highly regarded sure. by the people who actually know what they're doing. And obviously one of the hurdles is gone now because Elanie Petanos is no longer the minister. Well, according to Premier Perrottet, her sacking, and it was a sacking, Mm. had nothing to do with that letter that David Chandler sent. It's Uh, hard to believe that it had absolutely nothing to do with it, isn't it? And it's hard to believe that Dominic Perrottet only read it on the day to read it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just sacked the minister. Oh, I might, well, I might read that letter that has been around for a month now. Because that letter, when it apparently when it first came in, um, it immediately was sent to the lawyers mm, yeah. to, to ask what they should do about it and to see if it was defamatory or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so it had been around, and uh, anyway, he's, he's had a lot on his plate with football grounds and floods and, and losing more ministers. Well, they're dropping like flies. Yeah, he's been a bit distracted, let's say, but I just don't believe that he didn't sack her at least in part mm. because of that letter. Yeah. It, it may have been that he was looking at other aspects, the allegations of bullying, which she denies. And then this came along and he's gone, oh, got to cut this one out right now, which is probably the right thing to do. Mm, sure. Uh, but unfortunately, the way he's done it, it just leaves more questions than answers. Mm. So the, the word is, David, if you're listening, they'll take you back. Call them up. You could ask take them for a coffee, take them for a brandy, whatever. Yes. <laughs> you could probably ask for a bit more money as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. And, I think uh, the ball's in your court. Yeah, and somebody in the government could make themselves a hero by being the person who organises this. Yep. So uh, <laughs> that's the news on that front. When we come back, we're going to be looking at how prices have been going up and down and where. That's after this. Sue Williams, one of your many jobs when you are not traipsing around Africa chasing leopards <laughs> in vain is... Thank you, Jimmy. Is <laughs> I saw everything else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really. You saw the other four of the big five. Mm, that's right. But the big, the big question is, did the leopard see you? Mm, oh, yes. Yeah, you yes. see, they're very good at hiding. They are. I've only ever seen leopards twice in my life. Yeah. Once in Kenya and once in Tanzania. And the one in Tanzania, I thought, wow, it's a leopard and it's running along. Oh, it's caught that beautiful little dig-dig. Oh, it's torn its throat out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly it didn't seem such a lovely creature after all. So talking about people's throats being torn out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good what's, segue. <laughs> what's, what's happening in the prices front? Well, it's interesting. As we know, that property prices are softening all around the country. Mm. But interestingly, units are holding unit prices are holding up much better than house prices. Oh, hurrah! Yeah, and because there's been really wild movement, some um, properties have gone up hugely, and some yeah. have fallen hugely. Yeah, and it, it's hard to work out kind of why all across the country. But I think most of it. I spoke to um, Nicola Powell, who's the economist with Domain, and she was saying affordability is driving all these movements. So Affor- therefore, affordability is driving prices. Down and, and up. up. That's right. right. So that's why units are doing better because units are more affordable. So more people are buying units. So prices uh, are firming, staying. Right. You know, they're not dropping by as much. Right. Whereas houses, say particularly houses in Sydney, yeah. are more expensive. They're less affordable. So therefore, they're they've, falling. They've got the a most. margin. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, think. That, I mean, for for some people, if you want to buy a unit in, say, Coffs Harbour in New South Wales, mm-hmm. you're in luck because over the last quarter, the last three months, the prices have gone down by 10.8%. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? And that's by the most of any property in any state right. at all. Right. Harbour, that's quite – but that's a nice place to go. It is. But if you want the city in Leichhardt, prices of units have gone down by 9.4%. Ooh. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah. And in Victoria, in Hobson's Bay – oh, no, sorry, that was a house – in Victoria, <laughs> units in Manningham West yes. have gone down by quite a lot, by 6.6%. Right. So if you want to buy there, that's a good idea as well. Or on the New South Wales south coast, 7.2%, they've fallen. Or if you want something a bit posher, in North Sydney, in Mossman, a unit has gone down by 7.7%. Right. So, okay. yeah, so it's a buyer's market, really, in those but that, Is that after periods of… That's right, of, of high rapid growth. Rapid, high, that's right. uh, yeah, growth. So they're kind of adjusting a bit more. So where is still going up? Is there anywhere still going up? Yes, they have. It, units in the Latrobe Valley in Victoria, for instance, have gone up by an incredible 14% over the last right, three okay. months, which is amazing. Um, and then the units, I mean… In Sydney, they haven't gone up any at all because, yeah. you know, they've, they've had such rapid price growth in the past, as you've pointed out. But in other areas where, you know, it's a little bit more affordable, you've got like South Australia units have gone up by 12.5%. That's on Kangaroo, Kangaroo Island. Kangaroo Island, yeah, which is really interesting, isn't it? Um, and then in Queensland, Bald Hills Everton Park units have gone up by 11.7%. Right. So these are all kind of areas which are much more affordable, really. 
Tasmania, Devonport, a unit's gone up by 11.1%. And WA, Wanneroo, gone up by 10.9%. So these, I mean, this strikes me that uh, the market is kind of, it's not moving in one massive shift everywhere. No, that's right. People are becoming more selective about where they want to live and where they're prepared to pay big bucks for. That's right. And some of, maybe some of the ones that had the biggest price rises are now the, the bubbles burst really. And the mm, and people are saying, well, we're not right. paying those prices yep. for that area because we can go there and pay less. Mm, yeah. And it's also quite localized, local conditions. Some of these places where prices have um, gone up the most, they, they may have a real shortage of supply. Yeah. And other places where prices have fallen, there may be a lot more developments, unit developments coming onto the market. Yeah. So, you know, the oversupply has led to prices falling as well. So, there, you know, it's a very confusing picture because, you know, mm. it's wildly changing everywhere. Mm. But generally, units are proving a pretty good investment yep. because everybody's looking for affordable options. It's interesting. Well, I hope it's interesting. In my column in the Fin Review this weekend um, and online probably right now is about how you can downsize or adjust your investment to take out all the bells and whistles and frills. And it was interesting because there's a survey by a, a company in Brisbane called Bees Knees Realty. <laughs> mm. And they, every two years, they do a survey of renters and find out what it is that they want and what it is that they're not that bothered about. And what they want is parking. They want space, like out, outdoor space. So... If you're trying to rent a ba- uh, an apartment that doesn't have a balcony, it's going to be mm. less attractive. Yeah, especially after COVID, I think. You know, people want fresh air. And if mm. there have been people locked into apartments without balconies during those lockdown periods, I mean, that's pretty yeah. awful, really. And the other thing is that one of the things that is the lowest priority for renters is swimming pool. Mm. The lowest priority is a gym. The second lowest priority is a swimming wow. pool. Now, that is a big expense in mm. a building. That will add to your levies. Yep. So if you can find property that, that doesn't have the things that add to your levies, you can actually lower the rent a bit and attract more potential tenants. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. I guess the problem is um, prices are going up everywhere. The cost of living is rising. Mm. So a lot of renters would be looking at those apartments which don't have, or lots of investors looking at those mm. apartments that don't have high levies. Because it means that renters want to pay lower rents. Yes. And they're not prepared at the moment to pay extra for pools and gyms. Yeah. Because that's discretionary expenditure. Yeah. And they think, well, you know, if cost of living stops going up so much and I can afford my rent more easily, then I can just spend the money when I want to Mm. on joining a gym or going swimming at a pool or driving to the beach with the cost Mm. of petrol. So really, at the moment, everybody's tightening their belts yeah. So really, um, it's good to go along with that trend in some ways. Absolutely, and and you know one of the things that is another low priority for renters is ensuite bathrooms. Oh, okay. Right, you know they yeah. just it's like going oh, well, we we don't need to have no. a bathroom directly off the bedroom, and an ensuite bathroom is often a second bathroom anyway. Mm. So yeah. you know it's again it's kind of like an extra expense. Now that's the kind of thing that will add to your levies because it it puts up the, the amount of floor space that you're paying for. Mm. So it's these yeah. things, you know. You look, I think you can find some really nice apartments, maybe some older apartments that have been, the building's been looked after, the unit's been done up nicely, where it doesn't have all those frills and, 
and mm. bells and whistles. And, and probably if it's lower rise, it doesn't have lifts, and lifts can be very expensive as well. Yeah, yeah, true. And and you want to avoid hotel conversions because mm. they tend to have more lifts than normal apartment blocks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's an extra expense that you don't really need because, mm. you know, the traffic and lifts in apartment blocks is much less than the traffic and lifts in hotels. Mm. When we come back, Sue is going to have another stint as Strataguru of oh, the Week. Oh, no, this oh, you is did too so well. You did so well last week. <laughs> that's after this. Here at Flat Chat, we're always telling people that one of the benefits of apartment living is that you can just lock up and leave when you want to take a holiday. Well, if you're looking for some inspiration on where to go to make the most of your freedom, take a look at mildrover.com, our website for seasoned travellers. It has news, reviews and special travel deals in which you can literally save thousands of dollars. That's M-I-L-D-R-O-V-E-R.com, the website that takes you somewhere fantastic even if you don't leave home. Sue, I'm going to put you on the spot again. A couple of things from the forum. No mercy. (laughs) One of them is you've got a multi-block community development. They've they've got their own little community committee, management committee, with a representative from each building. The other people on the committee want to change the secretary, right? There's a whole complication here that the secretary sends a proxy to the meeting when they put on the agenda that the they wanted to vacate the secretary position and elect someone else as secretary the person representing the building said we've got 35 percent of the unit entitlements here that allows us to veto that motion going on the agenda a little known a little known aspect of strata law is if you see a motion on on your agenda and you can get the signatures of one-third of the people in the building to say, we don't even want this to be discussed, it has to be taken off the agenda. Really? Right. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, not a lot of people do, but this person did. Mm. So they've gone along and said, our building has more than 30, 33% of the the unit entitlements in this whole complex. So our building says we're not going to even consider this secretary being sacked. What do you reckon? Surely they are just a percentage of the whole number of lots in the whole complex. Mm. So they still have they still have thirty five percent of yeah, the whole total. of the whole total of of, num- of lots. My question is, does the committee representative represent the owners? Because the law says if one-third of the owners say they don't want this to be considered, then it shouldn't be considered. What they're saying is our building, which represents one-third of the owners, which contains one-third of the owners, is saying we don't want this to be considered. So they actually haven't had a vote at a meeting where all those people have said well this is no. no because it's funny because the the has just come out in the forum the strata manager said to them can you show me the minutes of mm. your meeting where your building decided to yep. vote against this mm. and they said no it's private <laughs> <laughs> It just reminds me of. Do you remember that TV show, Not the Nine O'clock News? Yeah. So they had it was a uh, it was a sketch where it was a union meeting, 
and uh, they're saying, oh, let's have a tea break. Who mm. wants coffee? Who wants tea? And two of them said, oh, we'll have coffee. Mm. And the bloke chairing it says, right, you're 750,000 votes. You're 500,000 votes for coffee. I've got 2.5 million votes, <laughs> so we'll be having tea. <laughs> Wow, that's a good good similar, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the strata manager should get some legal advice. Yeah, it's obviously a very heated issue. Well, you know that somebody it's ridiculous that you would think that one building out of a group of four could veto any mm. motion that comes up. Mm. And obviously, this secretary. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that the secretary is sending a proxy to the meetings. Mm. If you and even then. There's a limit on the number of proxies that you can have. It's not like they can say, I am the proxy for 33% of the votes, because mm. you can't even do that. The mm. maximum you can get is 5%. Yeah. So it's just a big mess. And the strata manager in this, I think, needs to be saying, pull your head in. Yeah. Just talk I, sense. I think the law has been, been a bit slow to catch up with these things, because you know, multi-unit developments are kind of only, have only we've only seen them in the last 20 years, really, and the law hasn't really quite caught up. Because I remember... This is a new law. This is actually the the uh, community titles. Uh, okay. It's, been it's only changed last year. Right. Because do you remember a few years ago when Jackson's Landing started out, they had a community association, but the newest building, which I think was one of the biggest... Yeah. There was no room for them on the community association because it had fulfilled all it filled all its posts. So there was no no place vacant. And the reason it had filled all its posts was because there were some old terraced houses. That's there, right. And all the owners had been told you can each be on the the, the community association. Well, you've so got they this filled, tower full yeah. of people that had no votes. So yeah. you talk about the the tail wagging the dog. Mm. So I think the strata manager in that one. Would you agree? I mean, this is your spot. The strata oh. manager needs to get legal advice, or do they yes. need to get a new strata manager? Oh, it's really difficult, isn't it? What a shame, though. You know, you've got this development, and they're kind of hamstrung about this one person, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe legal advice and is a good idea. And that doesn't happen because... anywhere else in strata, <laughs> ever, does it? <laughs> ever. Nowhere. Um, okay, question number two. Is this easier? I don't know. Oh, you know, the definition of an easy question is one to which you know the answer. Um, have you ever heard of a bicycle cage? Uh, yes. I saw one this morning at the airport. You did, right. So you you can get individual bicycle cages for your bicycle. You can have a bicycle mm. cage. Yep, to protect it if it's a really expensive bike, probably. Yeah. So an owner ha- wants to put she's, – she sold her car – she wants to have a use a bicycle, which might be quite expensive, and she wants it not to get stolen or damaged, mm. and she wants to put it in her car space. Should she be allowed to do so? Yes. It's, <laughs> yes, it's her space. Well, I mean, it's common property probably, but... Um, yeah, right, there you go. Immediately, yes, you've yes. hit... Yeah. But um, I think it would be unreasonable for um, an owner's corporation to refuse her permission, really. Right. Um, we should be encouraging people to get rid of their cars and use bicycles. But do you think they could if they didn't want, if they were going, oh, that cage is ugly? Well, they could approve the cage. But they could, might, could they not approve it, which is a kind of the point of the question? Mm. Well, they could talk to her and say, look, we'd like a really nice, well-designed cage. Can you send us 
the specifications the, the the cages that you pictures of the cages you'd like and can we approve one of them and then we will make it a standard one that anybody else who wants to do the same thing ah. they have to have that one too so that there is some uniformity in the car park like we have with our box thing things. that's right the storage units yeah. we approve those yeah yeah and people have come in with r- different colored ones and been told no because mm, they don't right. fit in with the look because you can yeah. you can ask people to stay you know, within the boundaries of the look of, of the building generally. Mm. Mm. But it's interesting, though, because you'd think she might rent out her car space to somebody else within the building who maybe yeah. has two cars or doesn't have a car space. And then it would be an opportunity for the owners corporation to um, receive more revenue because they could rent out spaces on the wall. You know, you can get oh, those yeah, bike yeah, yeah. cages that yep. hang off the wall. Yep. Yep. So they could actually rent out those spaces yeah. and that would be another source of revenue for them. Possibly, I guess. I was It's amazing the variety of bicycle cages that there are available. Oh, you've had a look at them, have you? Yeah, you can mm. get like one that's for one bike or two bikes or several bikes and one that's half bike and the rest is just for stuff. Mm. And, oh, yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah. it's a growing market, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and you know they come in a different design. Like they can, they'll say, "Well, we'll we'll put this in, and it, if it fits the gap to the ceiling, mm. then we we won't put a roof on it, and that'll be cheaper for you, and things oh, like that." Clever. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a growing market. Yeah, because I mean, lots of buildings now have um, bike rooms where you yeah. can leave your bike, but sometimes the bikes are very close together. Yeah, and they can they could be damaged conceivably yeah, if I know. it was a very expensive bike. It and would bikes be a can get very very expensive. Yeah, you know, yeah. twenty thousand dollars for a top of the line mm-hmm. Colnago or something like that. Yeah, that might be more expensive. Bicycle than some of my cars. dreams. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, problem with cages in car spaces is when people build on the line. They say that's my space. I can put I, I can mm. put the wall of a cage there. Oh yeah, they would have to do, have it inside, wouldn't they? Yeah, because yeah. you've got to allow room for people to open the doors. Car doors, yeah. Car doors, yeah. Mm. So yeah, okay. Well, mm. oh, that wasn't too. Talk bad. to your committee, and and uh, you know there are lots of reasons why they should allow this, and just get a nice, well designed cage that doesn't impact on anybody else, and you should be okay. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Sue. You've got to go off now and do a podcast about travelling. Yes. <laughs> it's no it's rest bizarre, for the wicked. It, really? How wicked are you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for dropping in <laughs> from South Africa. And um, thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.